Hello, and welcome to Global Data Themes Instant Insights. At Global Data, we define a theme as something that keeps a CEO awake at night, as businesses that invest in important themes will succeed, and those that don't will fail. Hello, and welcome back to Instant Insights. I'm Carolina Pinto, and today I'm happy to welcome back the head of China and Asia Research, Rory Green, from TS Lombard. Rory, how are you? I'm great, thanks, Carolina. So, when you were last on the podcast, we spoke about China, its disinflation problem, and struggles with economic growth. You also touched upon this new era of global trade you refer to as reglobalization. That's what I'd like to delve into today. Can you explain to our audience what is reglobalization and what has led to the shift from mass globalization to reglobalization? Yeah, sure. And I think this uh, this is a structural trend that is going to run for at least the next decade. And we're moving from what we might call the, the golden era of globalization, which was purely profit-driven and for most of the world a generally a good thing uh, especially for the west we get we got very very cheap consumer products and and that golden era of globalization was enabled by, by three things firstly influx of very cheap labor after the breakup of the soviet union and after china joined the wto the second enabler was consistently lower capital costs, so cheaper interest rates, in effect, because it's expensive to, to manage a, a global supply chain. And the third factor that enabled it was the, the lack of any serious global conflict or geopolitical disruption. And as you can probably uh, see already, all of those have changed. Uh, we've had three massive shocks, the trade war with Russia, uh, US, China, COVID, and Russia, Ukraine three massive shocks, incredible amount of supply chain disruption, and those, particularly the US-China competition angle, are pushing a change in supply chains from just-in-time, which was the previous cheap, super-efficient model, to something that is a little bit more expensive, uh, which is just-in-case, just-in-time to just-in-case manufacturing. The reason we say this is re-globalization, not de-globalization, is because there is still a profit motive for all these companies. They want more secure supply chains, but they still want it to be as cheap as possible. Uh, So what you get when you combine US-China competition, the the end of um, those factors that contributed to globalization, and you factor in China's importance, is a shift rather than a cutting of supply chains. So people moving Uh, out of China, but still quite close to China to take advantage of those cheap inputs, uh, but also get out of the way of of US-China competition. So it's a re-globalization rather than the end of global trade. As you mentioned, US and China tensions are at the core of current re-globalization efforts. A major and ongoing dispute between the two superpowers is, of course, Taiwan. One of the reasons for this dispute is Taiwan's role as a supply chain chokehold in the global trade ecosystem. Can you explain why Taiwan has become such an important player in global trade? Yeah, absolutely. Taiwan is probably one of the bigger winners of this period of of globalization. Uh, And particularly its importance is in in semiconductors. It is the uh, critical uh, manufacturing point in the global semiconductor supply chain. 
you know, the, the importance of this is that semiconductors are what you can call the, the oil of the modern economy. They are essential for daily life and will become ever more important as the world becomes greener, uh, more electrified, uh, more digitally connected. You think of electric vehicles, you know, the data centers, AI, your phones, even smart toasters, smart washing machines, smart dishwashers. We're moving to a chips with everything world. Um, so Taiwan's importance as the producer of the most advanced semiconductors in the world is enormous and only going to increase. And how are reglobalization efforts as a result of US-China tensions affecting Taiwan and TSMC? TSMC is the Taiwanese company which designs and manufactures semiconductors. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure on Taiwan and on, on TSMC in, in particular. And the, the government in Taipei has uh, been attempting to, to kind of build resi- resilience against uh, increased Chinese pressure by partnering, partnering and trading with non-China countries and is really winning allies through chip diplomacy. Um, so building TSMC, building fabs in Japan, uh, in Germany, I believe one is planned for uh, in the near future, and, and of course the US. But this is costly uh, and and difficult and not entirely popular in, in Taiwan. Um, TSMC is viewed as the, um, as the country's silicon shield. And if suddenly this semiconductor manufacturing prowess is moving out of Taiwan, will uh, Western governments uh, view Taiwan with, with such importance if this um, is semiconductor production ability is no longer solely concentrated on the island? So it's a difficult balancing act for Taiwan, um, and it's very hard for them to, to fight geography. They are next to China. It's still the biggest export partner for the economy, still the main growth driver for Taiwan. Um, so it's going to be very difficult for Taiwan to manage this era of reglobalization and increased superpower competition. If this is going to be a tough transition for Taiwan, how is the government dealing with outside pressures? Yeah, so, so as we, we touched on, they are looking to build a bit of resilience, but it's not entirely popular and it is very difficult given those linkages with China. And the real interesting part of this uh, question is that the government in Taipei, or certainly the president, will change in the next five months. There is an election uh, in January, presidential election in Taiwan, uh, and potentially quite a profound change in leadership if one of the opposition candidates uh, becomes the new president of Taiwan, then we could see a reversal of efforts to move closer to the US. And we may see Taiwan moving back closer to China under the opposition leader. At the moment, the current frontrunner, Lai Qingde, of the DPP is from the same party as President Tsai Ing-wen. And if Lai wins, then he will continue the process of chip diplomacy, of bringing Taipei and Washington closer together. And that will probably positive for Taiwan's security in the long term, but in the short term, that will raise tensions. So really interesting uh, election coming up for Taiwan. So Taiwan is clearly in a very precarious position and may struggle with the shift towards reglobalization. But which countries have benefited from this move away from mass globalization? 
we certainly say that the the US is winning in some aspects of, of re-globalization. Uh, the reshoring initiatives that Washington is pushing through various carrots and sticks are, are proving successful so far. Um, the, the carrots are you know, big tax incentives and, and subsidies through the CHIPS Act and the Inflation Reduction Act. The sticks are you know, quite a lot of diplomatic pressure on US allied countries to, to build factories in the US to produce semiconductors or batteries or other advanced tech. China, although losing out on investment flows for new production, is actually doing quite well in domestic innovation. U.S. sanctions, uh, decoupling pressure is forcing China to innovate more rapidly domestically. And we can see some notable success already um, with Huawei and some of the, the latest chips that they are producing with SMIC. Outside of the two superpowers, the, the winners are, are in Southeast Asia, India, and Mexico, and particularly Southeast Asia, where you have the relatively cheap cost of labor and the proximity to China, where they can benefit from those really cheap, high quality inputs that China produces. And at the more high tech end of production, Korea and Japan are, are certainly gaining as well. Does South Korea or Japan have the chance of replacing Taiwan's role in the global supply chain? Uh, yes. Samsung is um, very close to TSMC in terms of its uh, manufacturing capability of getting those um, is more advanced, more powerful, ever smaller uh, semiconductors. I think they're about a generation behind TSMC on, on latest estimates. Samsung has a huge amount of resources, probably even more than, than TSMC itself and has been chucking a lot of money at that area. So the potential is there for Samsung to catch up. Likewise, Intel could become a US national champion in semiconductor production, but they are even further behind the leading edge than, than Samsung. And then behind Intel, we have SMIC, which is the China's own national champion. So there's a chance Korea could catch up. More difficult for Japan, uh, who excel at the um, machinery and tools to make semiconductors and the advanced chemicals go into the production process rather than the actual fabrication itself. Yes, uh, I think we will have to keep an eye over the next 18 months on how uh, reglobalization, geopolitical tensions and economic incentives influence the technological advancements in the semiconductor industry. But for today, thank you, Rory, so much for those instant insights. Thanks for listening. And from us at Thematic Intelligence, see you next time.